Tansinit Totemtik, you are listening to Otpemsu Squawak, Kitsigisigok, Metis in Space. Chelsea Val Nitsigason, Molly Swain Nitsigason, Ewa Mantusakaganik Nitotsin. So this is our inaugural uh, podcast. We have no idea what we're doing, so why don't Let's we just get into get it? Right into it. like we are recording awesome so you're gonna be able to go through this and 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 fix it up and make us sound more intelligent than we are uh well okay get your hopes up all right all right so first of all i guess we should introduce the show and possibly tell everybody what this is about since it's the first one yeah um and and later on we can cue the whole metis in space So we are two Otpemsu Eskwewak, Métis women who are going to talk about sci-fi movies and uh, and TV shows. We're not just going to... And maybe we'll get into videos and stuff like that, too. Yeah. Uh, basically, if you are into this because you think that you are going to be getting some really intelligent and academic reviews on media, I recommend clicking away. Uh, basically, it's a couple of really big nerds drinking a bottle of wine and talking about how much they love and or hate sci-fi. Mostly hate, probably. Mostly hate, probably. Yeah. This this review uh, podcast may or may not actually contain reviews. Um, the wine that we are drinking tonight, uh, you do not have to uh, participate in this part of it. We are drinking Trapiche Reserve. It is uh, from Argentina, from Mendoza. It's a 2013? 2013. 2013. <clears throat> Malbec. And uh, the majestic silhouette of the condor is an awesome sight as it glides over the Andes. This emblematic bird reigns from the mountaintops and guards our vineyards. Guards our vineyards. Guards our vineyards. I think that's actually pretty good for considering what we've been watching this evening. Guards our vineyards from what? The majestic condor. The majestic condor is is looking over. I mean, they, it's, this is basically basically the South American version of the eagle looking over the uh, the wine grapes here. This is great wisdom. Uh, so Chelsea bought the wine this evening, which is why it is majestic and has condors guarding things. When I buy the wine, it's going to be a guy on a bike. Actually, that's not true. Um, my father-in-law brought the wine. Uh, we will probably be using Depp wine most of the time. Yeah. This is the only good wine you will ever hear about us drinking. Mm-hmm. So enjoy. Uh, so this evening, um, actually, Chelsea, do you want to say what we do? Okay, so the thing that we, do. We, we came up with some sort of outline for how the show is going to go. Basically, uh, we have a few points. We're, number one, we're going to drink wine and watch the thing the thing being whatever it is that we decide to watch or perhaps you suggest to us uh today we actually tweeted out some questions about what you might want us to review and got some really really fantastic uh feedback so we we probably have enough to watch now to to uh fill up a year of podcasts Uh, the main thing is chelsea is pretty brave i'm a huge giant wuss (laughs) Like a huge, like Buffy, which we are doing today, is kind of like my outer limit for scariness. Uh, so just please keep that in mind and be gentle with me. 
which is funny because I'm actually also was I cannot I love zombie movies but I absolutely cannot bring myself to watch them I uh, instead I, I, I read about them I read the synopsis on the web so that I don't have to witness the gore so the fact that uh, the Molly here is even wimpier than I is is, is pretty extraordinary Okay, so we watch the thing. We take notes and try not to use up all of our material uh, deriding the, uh, the, the things that we see during the show, which is very, very difficult because as you can imagine, as you watch this, you sort of want to shout at the screen and throw things. Um, then we talk about the thing. That's what we're doing right now. We're talking about the thing. And to reach out to our audience so that you don't feel excluded because as, as to Ukbim Suiskwewak, we don't want to neglect our white male uh, listeners. Absolutely not. No, that would be terrible. Um, there is always a place for you. There should always be a place for you. Yeah. So we're going to have a segment where we ask a white guy a thing. So, um, you know, th- stick with us for that. You will find yourself represented there. Um, and that's basically what we do. That's the show. Yep. Uh, so this is the first one. Uh, Chelsea? Cheers. Cheers. Mm. All right. So um, this evening we are going to be reviewing... Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, season four, episode eight. It's called Pangs, as the pangs of guilt, perhaps. Pangs mm. of pain, anguish, mourning. Uh, so according to Netflix, the summary is, on Thanksgiving, Buffy encounters the spirit of a Native American warrior whose people were wiped out by settlers. Wiped out. Wiped out. In case, uh, if you go into this not being sure whether or not they're wiped out, the show will tell you many, many times about how the Native peoples were exterminated, wiped out, and or killed by the white people. That's great. Yeah. Of course, it's that reminder. Yeah, they're 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 not, but yeah. but it is important <laughs> for this episode that you think that they are wiped out. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, how about you? You know, you do a thing. I'll say a thing. We'll just sort of we'll just get yeah. going. Right. Well, I gotta say, I really liked how the episode opened up. Uh, so the episode opens. Um, we're basically operating on the assumption that you've kind of watched this, or at least you're familiar with it. So it opens on a kind of a really positive, happy note where Buffy kills a white guy. <laughs> Uh, who's who's trying to mess with her. Actually, well, he's not even trying to mess with her. He's just, like, wandering in, all yeah. innocent, doing his thing, and she just totally comes up behind him and murders him. Recognizes the evil good. that he is. And he shouts at her, Go back where you came from! Things were great before you came! Which I think really sort of sets the tone for the entire episode. Yeah, Joss Whedon is a, a spectacularly subtle sort of metaphor Incredibly subtle. in this uh, episode. Mm. Mm. Which I'm sure if you watch, you'll notice. Buffy's also wearing a cowboy hat kind of near the beginning during the groundbreaking ceremony on the Indian burial ground. Mm. In case you didn't know, it's a metaphor. Cowboys... Shows about Indians. Yeah. It took us a while, too. We had to watch it a few times. Yeah. 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 Yeah, real. Um, The the show basically centers around an anthropology department, which is building or expanding upon a new cultural center. Now, the irony was lost upon me because I I just, I I didn't understand. Why would anybody care about an anthropology department opening up a cultural center? Culture is good. Is it not? Um, But, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure where he was going with that. I mean, I love anthropologists. I just adore them. So uh, basically, they're they're setting up the new, uh, they're going to break ground. And uh, Xander, our intrepid white male, is digging a few shovelfuls and suddenly falls through into something. We don't know yet. We don't know what it is. However, we have to say that our favorite character on the show is Anya, who apparently is some kind of demon. This is the other thing, is I actually, because Buffy is too scary for me to watch, I don't really know very much about the characters or who they are, but I'm very 
stoked about Anya because basically she Anya? just wants to have sex. It's kind of Anya. Is it Anya? Okay. Well, mm. Anya. Sorry. My bad. Sorry, white lady. Oh. Um, yeah. It's okay. I'm sure she's fine. Yeah. Uh, so she uh, basically is just talking about how much she wants to have sex with all the dudes, which Chelsea and I felt was very much kind of in our vein. Yeah. So we like her the best. Um, so please pay attention to her. Because uh, she's really the only good thing about this entire fucking episode. Yeah, I mean, Anya, like, I, I on the other hand, am a huge Buffy fan. I think it's uh, it's an absolutely fantastic show to watch with all of your children to show them uh, just how dysfunctional every single relationship in the entire series is so that you can warn them away from ever uh, engaging in that sort of behavior ever. Um, yeah, Anya is great because she always just says what is on her mind, which is very much like these two, Otpemsu Eskwewak, who are speaking to you today yep uh so xander falls into some kind of mystery old-fashioned looking room and there's ominous flute music ominous flute music uh yes we should say we rated this episode wait we should say mm. the episode rating probably till the end yeah let's yeah, yeah we'll rate it at the end we'll we'll, yeah. we'll let you know how we felt about it at the end yeah. you won't you won't be able to guess before that no uh so the ominous the ominous flute music is is kind of a theme mm. for this episode uh and it's nice to know that whenever indigenous people are around and being vaguely threatening the ominous flute mu- music is there to let you know that this is going to happen exactly and and when we're not being threatening there is happy flute music but always there will be a flute whether or not that was actually part of your culture Mm-hmm. so uh the show kind of like sets up this really interesting and by interesting kind of obvious and really tired paradigm no wait subtle incredibly oh, sorry. I mean, subtle yes yeah, subtle uh significant and heart-wrenching paradigm uh between willow who represents kind of the progressive progressive mm-hmm. white liberal settler guilty settler cries a lot of white tears about how the indigenous people have been treated really feels for us Oh, identifies with us a lot of emotions there advocates for us mm-hmm. and on the other hand you have giles who is very much still the british imperialist who is basically arguing that why should we give a shit and they come kind of they confront each other head to head several times during the movie and then there's poor buffy in the middle not sure how to feel does she need to fight these indigenous people or should she open up her white liberal heart to try to understand their plight. When really all she wants to do is just have a nice Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, this is really an important episode uh, because this is the first time that, that Buffy is hosting a Thanksgiving dinner, which is, you know, as we all know, basically a rite of passage for settlers, um, whereupon hosting the Thanksgiving dinner uh, signifies that you've become an adult. Now, if this were to be interrupted, it's possible that Buffy might never actually enter into that realm of adulthood. So ha- being torn between these, these, these two opposing narratives and these two opposing uh, objectives, she's, she's really risking a lot, I, I, I feel. Because, I mean, this is really about her becoming a woman. And, you know, just the fact that this happens to happen at this time is just so unfortunate for her. Yeah, I mean, it's, it must be really hard, you know, being on the, the cusp of independence like that and wanting to host something for your chosen or biological family. And I think in Buffy's case, it seems to be a chosen family because mm. I, don't, I don't know too much about it. But yeah, this, this seems to be kind of the crux of the episode is, is Buffy going to be able to enact this white ritual and to move into the next stage of her adult life? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so really, it, it really is about, you know, 
Buffy's Buffy's own narrative and the indigenous peoples provide a really excellent foil upon which that is enacted. See, the the regular settler gets to kill the indigenous person by eating a turkey. So the 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 act of genocide tends to be more symbolic than actual uh, in, in in modern day society. Unfortunately, Buffy is actually faced with having to um, kill out uh, it, well within the narrative of this story the last remaining spirit of the Shumash people. Uh, so you know she has to kind of get her hands a little bit more dirty than than the average settler, and you know I, I feel for her, I really do. It's, it's rough. Uh, Willow is really well attempting to help her along on this journey. Um, Buffy's wearing her cowboy hat, and she's learning to feel guilty about the cowboy hat. Really, mm. you know, there Joss Whedon again does that very very subtle, incredibly incredible subtle. symbolic metaphor mm. uh, of the narrative. Mm. Yeah. So, um, we also, in the background of this entire episode, have Angel creeping around. Yeah, the ex-boyfriend creeping around. Um, you know, just, if you know anything about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, it is entirely populated with dysfunctional, abusive men um, of all sorts. Any, any, any type of dysfunctional man that you could possibly imagine is a hero uh, in, in the episodes. Uh, so, you've got Angel creeping around. You've got uh, Xander, the nice guy. Um, yeah. So it's it's there's all sorts of boy issues. Oh right, Riley, we almost forgot about the new boyfriend. You know, it's because his hair. His hair yeah, is so bad, dude. Oh, he's just you can't not forget about him. That hair, you just repress it. Yeah, it's it's terrible. It's like how many different kinds of white guys could you possibly have, and then you realize it's all the same white guy with different just colors different of hair. hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, in any case realistically they're all creeping around there's like three or four of them they're all creeping the entire fucking episode they're all dishonest with her except for xander who has syphilis and smallpox which by the way he got as a vengeance curse when uh when they uh they disturbed the mission uh by the way this is not even a burial ground that they disturbed this is an old mission where they were rounded up and herded into uh the shumash people who still exist and are not exterminated but are exterminated for the purposes of this episode so yeah xander gets syphilis uh smallpox and possibly malaria and some other things and nobody feels bad well we don't feel bad no nobody feels not even a little bit uh so of course the anthropology professors who are opening up this cultural center are very excited man we're going off on a lot of tangents we're trying to get through this we're trying to get through this episode so the anthropology profs are very excited for the discovery of the Sunnydale mission, obviously, but there's some tension there because it means that they need to build their cultural center somewhere else. Um, and isn't that inconvenient? I mean, they, she, she, uh, the the uh, the woman who was at the opening ceremony, you know, she's very excited, but she's also, oh, you know, it could take another year before we find another spot. And and really, isn't that inconvenient? Just the inconvenience of this just bugged me. Yeah, I mean, luckily she doesn't have to worry about it for very long. That's right. She gets horribly and viscerally murdered uh, by mm. the spirit of the indigenous man who creeps up in a green fog that was very much like Slimer in Ghostbusters. Mm, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, there's definitely some of that. Nice thing, though, we actually think that he might be indigenous. Uh, either that or he just really got his res accent down. Um, although I'm pretty sure that they darkened his skin more yeah, than was, yeah. tan and lotion being applied yeah. pretty liberally there. Yeah. Now, now, one thing I liked about him is when we first see him is uh, he had some sort of woven cedar headband. Um, so it wasn't like some weird beaded planes thing. Uh, and he wasn't wearing buckskin, which was nice. So I have no idea whether this is actual uh, Shumash, like uh, traditional 
wear, but uh, but you know he he wasn't wearing a headdress. I mean, let's just say he wasn't wearing a headdress. I mean, the bar's low, but you know, past the bar. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, to be fair though, everybody else who eventually his like indigenous warrior posse yeah. was all wearing buckskin. And yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. They came in wearing fringed buckskin, and I'm pretty sure they all had wigs. But uh, but we had possibly one indigenous person. Yeah. All right. Yeah, the sheer the sheer amount of face paint on the other indigenous warriors mm. basically was proof enough that probably they were all just white dudes. Yeah. Uh, but prob like we're hoping that the the one guy was in fact a native man. Yeah. Shout out Whedon. Good job. Right. Got the one guy. Exactly. So the anthropology f- person is murdered and her ear is cut off. We don't know why. Uh, we actually, we never know why. Oh, really. no, we do. We because, do? Uh, because we find out later when Willow is crying uh, with all the books about all the atrocities that uh, that one thing that they used to do to the Shumash is when they were uh, convicted of stealing, they would cut off their ears. Oh, I missed that part. Oh, yeah, it was, was the that vengeance. One of the, was that one of the times that I was yelling, I hate this? Probably. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. See, this is why you gotta listen, you know? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. It's good right. to know for the future. <laughs> so, uh, then, okay, so, you, yeah, you got the, uh, let's see, the old mission, which perhaps is angry at being disturbed. You've got the creepy abusive relationships, which we don't really need to talk about all that much. I think no. we've I mean, I was keeping a tally of Angel. Uh, mm-hmm. There's eight instances, at least, where he's especially creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, if you get a different number when you watch the episode, you can let me know. We can mm-hmm. uh, compare notes. Um but it moves along, and there's there's several candidates for what could possibly have caused the murder of this anthropology professor. Uh, and the two things that they kind of come up with are witches and demons. Mm. Which, when I think of, you know, how I grew up and uh, my family, I think a lot of witches and demons, you know? I feel like that... that we fall well into that category. So yeah. I don't, know, I don't know how you feel about it. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, um, I myself was a witch demon. Oh. Uh, yeah. Before I was reformed. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I think that's pretty traditional. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, okay. So the second victim is Father Gabriel, who is hanged and stabbed. And then uh, Buffy catches the the vengeance spirit of the Shumash people, who says to her in perfect English, I am vengeance. I am my people's cry. (laughs) They call for Hus, the avenging spirit, (laughs) to carve out justice. (laughs) I mean, in all seriousness, as cheesy as that was, I was kind of rooting for him. Oh, we're totally rooting for him. The priest is fucking hanging there, like swinging away. You're kind of like, yes. Yeah. But Buffy's not into it. Yeah. Now he said, "Oh, yeah." He says. Uh, then Buffy starts attacking him and trying to kill him, and and uh, you know it looks like it might be the end for the spirit. And he says, "You slaughtered my people. Now you kill their spirit. It's a great day for you." Ah, uh-huh. it's a great wow. Like he, you know, at the last moment, he just all he had for a weapon at that end was just to like make her feel bad about herself. Because isn't that what we do? We just look at settlers and make them feel bad about themselves. And then he turned into a flock of crows. I mean, we all been there. I, I, Sometimes you just gotta go crow. I don't know. I, 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 I only like to go crow when I'm feeling a bit gassy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, and 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 we are later uh, after this happens and Buffy's relating the story. Uh, Giles tells us that it is quote very common for Indian spirits to change into animal form, 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 form. So if you wake up one day and you find that you are a pigeon. Just know that that is very common. Giles called it. Mm -hmm. He knew. The guy has 
all sorts of information and a British accent. Yeah, so you believe him. Mm. He's obviously smart and kind of sexy. Yeah. Can we talk about that a bit? Yeah, we can. Okay. We need to. The, the, okay. We were discussing the fact that the British accent, for a lot of us, we're going to just come out and admit that it's a bit sexy. And, I mean, really, of all of the people, all of the colonial peoples out there, is there anybody worse than the British? Really? Is there anybody worse than the British? Maybe the Spanish. It's possible, but you know but, what? But, I mean, on a global, like, a global level, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, you know, what's that about? I think, I think when we talk about decolonization, we need to decolonize our attraction to the English accent. Yeah. I think we really have to... I think maybe what we need to do is um, listen to somebody speaking in an English accent and possibly eat chunks of wasabi. You know, like uh, there's some sort of behavioral change there where you just associate it with, with pain or, or disgust. I think, I think that might need to be our next step. Yeah. Especially, especially with Giles. So maybe when you watch this episode... Eat some wasabi every time wasabi. he talks. Yeah, and stop thinking about him as, you know, sexy being older. 15 again, mm. and, you know, it's kind of like your attractive older teacher, and you don't really know what to yeah. do with that. And then, and then you turn 18, and it's okay. And, yeah, and yeah. then you're kind of happy, and then you get older, and yeah. you realize it's becoming more and more, right. like, you actually just think he's sexy as hell. Because he's just so smart. Just put the wasabi in your mouth. Yeah, just do it at that point, because it, it's got a, it, it's a, it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. Needs to stop. All that, right. That burning is a, is a purification. There we go. Accept it. Okay. Um, so Buffy is feeling guilty and torn. Uh, Willow is really rooting for the indigenous peoples. Uh, she, you know, oh, we are informed that you shall not call us Indian. We are Native Americans or indigenous. I, I, thank God that somebody thought of that. Yeah. Really. Um, let's see. Good thing we got a vocabulary lesson in the middle of a movie about the extermination of an indigenous mm. culture. Because it's really important what you call the people that you have exterminated. Yeah. Especially now, when you haven't actually exterminated them. Well, but I think, uh, that you did. I think that would have made it messy for the show. I don't think that they wanted to admit that there were actual living Shumash people in the area still. I mean, I hate, that show is just a fucking mess. Yeah, it, it was is. a mess. All right. So Nothing good to say that. Then we get to uh, Willow describing how all the atrocities that were visited upon the indigenous population, which, if you are not indigenous and you are watching this, could be shocking to you, uh, could be new to you. Uh, we were kind of like, yes, we got it uh, from the very beginning. Let's move on now. Now, Willow has a stunning uh, insight into all this and says that this vengeance spirit is recreating all the wrongs done to their people. Isn't this colonial fear? This is colonial fear. That is. That's, that is settler anxiety in a yes. nutshell. That if indigenous peoples are in any way acknowledged, still living, uh, given any power whatsoever, that we will turn around and do unto them what they have done to us. I mean, how would you even do... What would... They, they exterminated the, the buffalo. Would we have to burn down all the McDonald's? All the Tim Hortons? No. In, Indians like Tim Hortons. We're not going to yeah, burn down gonna, Tim Hortons. Yeah, we're not going to do that. I really like chicken nuggets. Do you think the settlers liked buffalo and were really, like, felt about exterminating them like we would about, like, burning down McDonald's? Well, I mean, they do give Xander syphilis. I think that's it. Mm. It's like, it's settler anxiety and Xander's jokes about his own syphilis. Okay, syphilis is a sexually transmitted infection. But, I mean, that's the thing, is... It's mystical syphilis. It's mystical syphilis, and I think that also white men 
are inherently terrified of losing their virility of losing their virility and especially as being seen as less virile or sexually capable than than indigenous indigenous men men. and that's who you know that's who they're fighting against that's right you know the indigenous man has taken him out as a sexual being and so he had, must die. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. that point, really. So we don't have to burn when down Buffy McDonald's. We just have to give die. all the men syphilis. I mean, I don't I Mystical don't syphilis. give all the men syphilis. Mystical syphilis. That's, that's, I don't want to no. take one for the team like that, really. No, we're, no. I, no, but mystical syphilis, mystical we can Mystical syphilis. We can, yeah, okay. I mean, if there's one one people who are truly mystical, I think it's the Métis. That's true. That's yeah, true. We'll we can. But um, wait, aren't we now just sort of buying into, we're, we're just fulfilling their fear the colonial fear. like isn't that haven't we just done what they thought we were going to do i mean maybe it's a self-fulfilling prophecy on their part hmm. yeah they all are afraid of mystical syphilis and the metis then will give it to them you, you get mystical syphilis i am okay with that yeah. all right who knows cool. what miscegenation has done mm. mystical syphilis giving powers obviously uh, okay, where were we? Oh, Giles. Okay, so oh, yeah. Willow is talking about the atrocities. She So she suggests that perhaps a way to stop the vengeance spirit is to bring the atrocities to light. Uh, Giles scoffs and says, look, if they're in the history books, obviously everybody knows about them. We know this to be true, right? Yeah, thanks, Giles. <laughs> thanks for pointing out that very 100% true and useful fact. Everybody has read the Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples, right? As an example. <laughs> I mean, it's literally been translated into 170 different languages and is taught in elementary school up to university. Oh, no, wait, no. No, wait, I'm, wait, I'm think confused. I think you're thinking about the Bible. Right. The yeah. Bible! <laughs> Shoot. Oh, oh, egg on my face. Um, now... Then she, Willow suggests that they give the land back, and Giles, of course, scoffs again, and he says, uh, you're missing the, the urgent facts. We have to stop this. Um, you know, it's all great to talk about bringing things to light and giving back the land, but in moments of urgency, you need to push that aside and just focus on the demands of the moment. I really thought that that was an economic argument. Well, I mean, the British are known... For being a practical people, which I think you have to be if you're on a gray, rainy island, mm. you know, like you gotta you gotta push things like common decency aside, which they've proven themselves to be very good at historically. Yeah. So, you know, it is one of those things where my 15 year old dreams of getting with my hot older teacher were kind of withering and dying. But yeah, if you if you uh, if you ever had a, a thing for Giles, um, I I would highly suggest uh, never watching this episode. I think you can watch the rest and still uh, you know be hot for teacher, but um, just don't watch this one. This one sort of ruined him. Yeah, yeah, skip it. Yeah, but why I say that I think it was an economic argument is really I think you could extend the entire argument that he was making that you know in in, in matters of urgency that we need to push aside the uh, the requirements of human dignity and decency of reconciliation and all that nice mamby-pamby stuff um, and just focus on, on on the immediate needs, right? And, you know, that could be uh, being under attack by a vengeance demon or it could be a pipeline. Hell, it could be uh, it could be pretty much anything. I mean, everything's urgent if you want it bad enough. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, think, I think Giles really stood for the idea that we can get to all that nice uh, making good with the, uh, the, the exterminated natives when everything is safe. Um, you know, at some point in the uh, the distant future, which which is interesting too, because there's actually they don't even bother trying to lay any groundwork to suggest that 
this vengeful indigenous spirit is actually posing a threat to really anybody besides the very few people that have kind of like fucked with where his body was or spirit mm-hmm. was or whatever it's supposed to be the mission but they're innocent people he was killing innocent people this was stressed over and over again so no I mean, matter his grievances the fact that he was killing innocent people meant he had to die well i mean the thing that i find so interesting about that is like he kills the anthropologist and the priest mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you and i were both like duh obviously that's yeah. what to go for first but they were really confused why would they go after them i mean there's this whole like arc in the story where they're trying to figure out who the next victim could be based on their previous victims you know mm. which is like problematic but i think like what what really interests me about this and actually what interests me about sci-fi generally is like the people writing sci-fi even if the sci-fi in a lot of ways is like fucked up or even if it's just not very good or like kind of cheesy is a lot of the time the people who write sci-fi have really tapped in to what's going on Mm. and so it's like whedon or whoever wrote this episode he goes for the anthropologist and the priest and so while all the white characters are so confused as to why this could possibly be a thing Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. indigenous people watching the show duh duh yeah you know exactly what is that what does that mean that's interesting you know because they're exactly who i would have chosen although i love anthropologists Right? I stated that before. I love them. Yeah. Anthropology. Yeah. Um, but it, actually, yeah. Them. I mean, if, if, if we'd have called us up and been like, hey, I want to consult on this. I mean, who would we have picked? Right? Yeah. Anthropologist. Priest. Right? For sure. BI agent. Indian agent. You know, but... Uh, Government. I think that would have got... Yeah, that would have been too complicated because they were exterminated. So, you know, modern day uh, administrators. But yeah, I, I would have picked those. Mm. It's interesting that he did that. I wonder... Yeah, because I mean, I think I think the priest is is kind of it's more obvious, uh, but yeah. the anthropologist, right? And the anthropologist first is what gets me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially because, like, you, you know, know, we're saying this like it makes on. sense, you know. But some of y'all might be like, "What do you tell? Why the anthropologist?" Okay, okay. So if you, um, I, I'm like Joss Whedon, super subtle. Uh, so I have been declaring my love for anthropology. It's a lie. I was lying. I don't actually like anthropologists because um, indigenous peoples are probably the most studied peoples on the planet. We've had anthropologists in and out of our communities for generations, um, coming in, being very intrusive. I mean, not all of them. Not every. Not all anthropologists. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we did it. We did it. We, we yeah. But sorry, um, if you're an anthropologist, don't feel alienated. Right. Or you can. Or you can. Yeah. Or just like be alienated. Just, like please. stop. Just stop. Stop stop studying us. Um, anyway, I don't know. Maybe I can't explain it well enough for you. Just we're, we're tired of anthropologists, and so this was a bit of a cathartic moment for us. Mm-hmm. All right? Let's yep. just leave it there. We're not actually going to go, uh, you know, act out any vengeance on anthropologists. You're safe. All right. Now, uh, let's get to the fact that this is all just ruining Thanksgiving for Buffy. Right? Go back Poor to the fact Buffy. that this is... Um, you know, a, a, a rite of passage that is being interrupted by um, by ancient history. Ancient because they are exterminated. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there, there's much made, especially using both Giles and then later Spite ah. as kind of like the resident Brits. Yeah. There's a lot that they're trying to set up about, you know, the culture of America and the mm-hmm. traditions of America and how those traditions are sacrosanct. How dare we violate these traditions? Obviously, we need to do everything that Buffy says, even though she's being completely outrageous and bossy and has no idea, clearly, even what she's doing. 
but we need we need to respect this because of the sanctity of the american traditions coming from two brits one of them undead yes um spike at one point you know reminds them that uh you came you killed them you conquered them you had better weapons you wiped them out that's what conquering nations do blah 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 right the entire doctrine of conquest uh, which, you know, uh, you do hear a lot in the American context. I think that a lot of Americans do believe in this sort of, uh, this this all, you know, this overwhelming conquest. In Canada, um, you know, you do get that, especially in the comment sections, you know, people, well, we conquered you in the war. In what wars? What wars exactly did you conquer us in? Is that when we kicked your ass? Yeah? Seven Oaks, you remember that? Yeah? Was that then? No, they don't remember. No, they don't remember. No. Sun, Sun News commenters have very short memories. Mm. So, yes, uh, there was a little bit of uh, guilt handed out to the Spaniards, but we didn't really talk about them that much. It's basically you exterminated his race. Kill or be killed is what Spike suggests to them. And interestingly enough, after he says this, um, Buffy talks about just wanting to have a really nice civilized Thanksgiving. Civilized is the last word she says before an arrow plunks into the table in front of her. And then another arrow plunks into Spike's chest. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was really awesome, actually. (laughs) And she yells, you can have casinos now! (laughs) Thanks, Buffy. I mean, you know, she's trying to placate the the vengeance spirits. You know, as you do. Right. Casinos. Casinos, I mean... Casinos for all. I mean... If there's one thing that's going to keep us all from actual extermination, casinos. I mean, Lac St. Anne... Uh, you know, if there's anything that Lac Saint Anne needs, it's a casino. Oh, definitely. I think I would. I would make the what six or seven hour drive up to go to a casino. In Lac Saint-Anne. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, you could. Uh, she's from Calgary, by the way, because yeah. uh, those of y'all in Amasquatsi West guy, you're gonna know it's not that far. But uh, yeah, maybe pilgrimage, right? Just go out for pilgrimage, and then uh, when you head out for the night, instead of going back to camp, you just go to casino. Because we can have casinos now. All right, everything's better. Oh. Talk about what Angel figured out about who who uh, the vengeance demon was going after next. Oh God! Okay, I'm looking at my notes, uh, and what I'm seeing is Giles Angel threesome, which we talked about. We're going down. Past no, we didn't. That. We didn't talk that. We talked. <laughs> I, I don't know. She's no, talking. Right. She's, uh, <laughs> she's making that part up. Yeah. No, that was not discussed. I don't in even great remember detail. writing that. No, that's somebody else's writing. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh right. Yes. So uh, they originally think that the vengeance spirit is going after leaders. So they think that uh, he's gone after the anthropologist, he's gone after the priest, he's now going to go after the dean of uh, the college. Uh, But Angel, through his creeping around, has realized that because a warrior can only recognize the power and authority of another warrior, he must be going after Buffy. Right. And we all know that that's what warriors, that's really the mindset of the warrior. Absolutely. If you're a real warrior, the only people that you recognize as having any sort of authority... Are 95-pound white blonde girls. Yeah, who are also warriors. Yeah. I mean, it was clear at a glance that she was a warrior. And also, ultimately, the most powerful person... In the entire place. Yeah, had all the authority. Clearly. She can yeah. barely hold a Thanksgiving dinner together. But she is a warrior. Yeah, leader. She's, she's number one on the hit list now. So the vengeance spirit goes and raises up a, and I quote, raiding party. That's right. He steals all the old weapons from the uh, old cultural center and outfits his troop. To raid the warrior. Yeah. And then Buffy's friends. 
uh, ride on bikes to vaguely Western martial music. Yeah, what was it a bugle? Or was it just kind of like the general, like, dun da 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 Yeah, it was definitely Something sort of like, like a one of those weird marchy tunes that they use in Westerns. Basically, yeah, they were coming in. Uh, they were the cavalry. Yeah, they Joss were. Whedon, once again, showing his subtlety in, in nature, yeah, uh, I, in matters of uh, both cultural literacy and also um, cultural sensitivity. Thank you, Joss, yeah. for that one. That was beautiful. That was nice. Yeah. Um, so then a huge fight ensues, um, all sorts of people are fighting these vengeance demons who cannot die, apparently. Anya shouts at one, why won't you die? As she and possibly Xander beat on this person with a shovel. Uh, why won't you die? Why won't you die? I mean, isn't that really the question? I know it took, I, I had to. I had to think, I, it had to reverberate in my head for a while before I realized that that was all sort of a metaphor for why indigenous peoples haven't entirely just disappeared. Why won't we die? Why? It is kind of the shout of the settler. Well, you know, it is the question, why won't we die? Mm. I like to think it's just because we're too damn fabulous. Oh, wow, you look incredible right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm raising my cup and, uh, and, and um, I've got a jaunty smile. Uh, why won't we die? Because uh, we're just we're just too cool for school, you know. We're just not with the program, the extermination program. We are here speaking our languages and uh, wearing our fancy pants. Yeah, in this case, buckskin. That's right, buckskin with fringe mm-hmm. on the Californian coast, where you know you kind of need that, right? Yeah, yeah. Gets cold out there. Sure does on the Californian coast. Okay, and then. Uh, Whoa! How did she kill him again? I don't remember how she, how she actually. Oh, he turns into a bear. Right. He turns into a fucking bear. Yeah. Because she realizes that they can't die, but only his own weapon can mm. kill him. In what is a truly poetic irony. Right. Wow. Huh. Only his own weapon can kill him. Yeah. Talk about the dysfunctional native. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think our own weapon is? let's leave that one unanswered okay i don't even want to go there i don't want to go there no no uh so anyway so she she cuts him with his his own weapon obviously a stone knife Mm. um yes even though it was uh what was this 1812 around the time of the mission yeah 1812 stone Stone knife knife. yeah obviously Uh, he then turns into a black bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, the black bear mostly just kind of looks confused. You feel bad for the black bear. Yeah, that was not a, not yeah. a good not no. a good role for a black bear. No, okay. um, I'm sorry, Musquad, that was bad. Yeah, and uh, then she jumps on his back and stabs the bear in the heart. Mm-hmm. The bear disappears into some more slimer green fog. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving is saved. Yes, and Spike, who is still tied up and shot through a few times. Uh, in tones, at least we all worked together. <laughs> at least we all worked together. Thanks, Spike. Willow says, I feel lousy. Um, Buffy says, it wasn't the perfect Thanksgiving. And Xander says, well, it seemed kind of perfect to me. And didn't it, though? <laughs> I mean, didn't it, though? Wasn't it just sort of like how it was all supposed to be? Yeah, he had the bonus of, uh, assumedly, you don't actually hear this, but you assume that when the black bear... Uh, indigenous vengeance spirit is killed that Xander's syphilis is mystically cured. Actually, he, he, he actually makes a point of, uh, of saying that, you know, something about like, uh, on the positive side, my syphilis is cleared up. 
I mean, he didn't even really realize he had syphilis in the first place. Yeah, no. But he really focused on that, eh? Like, he didn't even care about the smallpox. No. Yeah, I think that goes back to the whole loss of reality thing. Like, that was the most threatening. Yeah. Yeah. So, who do you hate most? Willow. Yeah. You know... Me too, because Willow is put uh, is is put out there as sort of the advocate for Indigenous people. She's really from from the very beginning. She says in her family they do not celebrate Thanksgiving or Columbus Day. Uh, she acknowledges the atrocities. She talks about the unfairness of the whole situation. She tries to convince Buffy not to kill the spirit, um, to find some other way to reconcile with this person's or this people's like you know David. This is embodying his entire people with the Shumash's people's understandable ire at the way that they were treated. Did. Give the land back. I yeah, think yeah, she yeah. says at one point. Yeah, she does. But you know, she was just as content at the end to just eat her turkey and be like, Well, I tried. She like if she went to Coachella, she'd be wearing a headdress. Yes, she would. Yeah. And be telling us how much she was honoring us. Yeah. At least at least Giles was honest about being a complete yeah. tool. Yeah, yeah, I really appreciated the uh, the British outlook uh, that, you know, you just look uh, you, you killed him, continue the process. Nothing you can do now. Yep. Uh, it's in your nature, white people. Right. It's in your nature. Just, that's what it is. From yeah. the horse's mouth. Because, I mean, at the end, really, Willow was, was shown to be the, the, the fool in the situation. That her, her soft-hearted nature um, almost got them all killed, right? You know, that, 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 trying, that not taking a firm stance uh, and, and just wiping out the remnants of this indigenous culture actually put them in harm's way and almost ruined Thanksgiving. You know, like she was really uh, Willow, you know, jeez. Oh, Anything but Thanksgiving. Right. Just don't mess with Thanksgiving. The stalwart American tradition. So in terms of rating this, what do you think? Um, I think we, we decided to rate it out of ominous flutes. Ominous flutes. Ominous flutes mm-hmm. uh, in terms of one being incredibly good mm-hmm. and five ominous flutes being just horrifically good. awful. Um, I think... I would give it six out of five ominous flutes. Ooh, you know, you're breaking math here. But, you know, we're indigenous, so... Yeah, what even is math? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Forget I used that word. Huh? Right. Uh, okay. No, we'll, we'll just maybe explain that a little bit. Six out of five ominous flutes. That's that's a pretty damning statement. I would I would put this on the level of, uh, for Star Trek fans, um, I would put this on the level of the Paradise Syndrome in the third mm. season of the original Star Trek. It, it drew upon... A combination of uh, American stereotypes for, or I guess American and Canadian stereotypes of Indigenous peoples, as well as the sort of white, bleeding heart, liberal guilt mm-hmm. that is really just at best offensive and at worst just almost on par with the problem itself. Uh, and I think that that really key combination is what pushed it over the edge for me and caused me to break math Mm -hmm. with this episode um it could be too like i i don't have kind of a natural sympathy for the characters because i'm not (laughs) right right so maybe maybe people who are fans of buffy and have seen the whole series and aren't terrified by it like i am uh would have a different opinion but i'd say yep six out of five ominous flutes Okay. Well, I'm not going to break math. I'm going to say five out of five ominous flutes. Um, I am a diehard Buffy fan, um, but in a sort of a tongue-in-cheek way, and in, like I mentioned, I think that all of the relationships are dysfunctional. It's a great way to teach your kids uh, what to avoid. Um, but I, I would say five out of five ominous flutes because uh, for all the reasons that you said, but also just for the fact that 
at the end. Um, this was really, the entire episode was aimed at absolving settler guilt. It really was. You know, we tried. We tried, and just in the face of the the understandable anger of these indigenous peoples, uh, they're just causing us so much harm, we have no choice but to just continue to wipe them out. Uh, I mean, that was really the plot line, and, uh, and I think we're seeing that, you know, in, in, in a serious way, uh, just, you know, today, uh, across the board, whether we're talking about, um, you know, indigenous peoples uh, interfering with the economy in, in whatever way, or, uh, you know, or, or, or messing things up on, you know, in the courts and whatnot. I mean, it's really all about the economy, and it always has been. And I think this idea that we're, we're just in the way, and, uh, and, and it's, and it's, just an unavoidable and sad fact that we have to, we have to, why don't you just die, you know, um, so that things can go on. You know, this, this, uh, this episode just sort of wrapped it up for people. Well, you know, well, I mean, what I found too, uh, really interesting about it is, you know, they didn't at all actually try to communicate no. with any of these spirits. Like Will was telling, you know, we need to figure out what they want. We need yeah. to, you know, blah, blah, blah. Never talked to them. No. I mean, the guy not. spoke perfect English. Yeah, this dude speaks perfect English. And literally the only time they communicate is when Buffy yells, you can have casinos now. <laughs> and that's, no, but that's, yeah. that ties perfectly in with that economic argument that yeah. you're making. No, it's true. It's there was... all about the economics. And it's like, oh, well, he's not willing to listen to our economic argument. Like here you can have this Yeah, perfectly casino. reasonable alternative to you know, your entire as lifestyle. As a vengeance spirit. Yeah. You know, all you really need to, to satiate your your feelings for vengeance is a casino. A casino right. uh, but, you know, like, once once he's not going to accept the casino, really there's no other choice. Yeah, no attempt to at parlay, no, uh, no. no 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 meeting at all. It was just, uh, yeah, that's interesting. It was, it was uh, I mean, there was definitely the sense given there that you cannot communicate with this vengeance spirit who speaks perfect English. <laughs> you know, because as a vengeance spirit, uh, you know, Giles points out that it, it just spirals out of control, right? It just, it's a, it's a feedback loop uh, that you can't stop with anything but death. Yeah, what is it? It's hatred is a cycle, he says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, you only know, it's, one, it's... Only one group can break the cycle, and it's not the white people. <laughs> right. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Uh, I think it's I think it's time that we uh, stop alienating our, our white male uh, listenership and, and possibly, um, you know, bring in a bring in the uh, ask a white man a thing absolutely uh so chelsea and i kind of realized oh and by realize i mean we grew up with the knowledge that Mm. um not just sci-fi but like all media is really made by and for the white man as it should be as it should be of course i mean they Uh, invented technology so how could we possibly leave out you know the voice of the most important demographic when Mm. it comes to looking at things like science fiction from a decolonial or indigenous-centered standpoint. And Who that knows is it better? The white man. Absolutely. So, stay tuned for Ask Amunio. And now it's time to Ask Amunio. We'd like to welcome our guest, Percival Waxbottom. Percival, as a white man, do you think the casinos are the new buffalo? I don't need buffalo. Um, but you do eat casinos, is what you're saying. No. I like casinos. You can meet women at there. But, uh, I don't know how it compares to Buffalo. Can you meet women at Buffalo? <laughs> In Buffalo? I guess you could, eh? Buffalo's a town. Buffalo are a large four-legged 
meat machine. <laughs> no, no, no. Those are cows. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think he gets our Indian question. Let's, let's, let's try to phrase this. Phrase this. Okay. I thought I had made it clear. Okay, Percival. Um, it's okay. You, I can explain it again if you want. Do you think that Buffalo's a town? Okay. Um, Four-legged ruminants are called cows. I think. Okay, let me try again. Percival, as a white I'm male. I'm just trying to help. That casinos can <laughs> replace the economic uh, foundation of indigenous peoples who had their economies destroyed by colonization. Sorry, did this happen in Buffalo? <laughs> Thank you very much, Percival. <laughs> Thank you, Percival Waxbottom, for your insightful comments this evening. Um, so we would like to, uh, in respect and to honor Percival's contribution to this evening's show, we'd like to provide him with an Indian name. Yeah, um, we, we thought long and, and, and hard about this, and we decided that... Uh, well, first of all, I mean, it, it might be important to give some instructions. If you've never had an Indian name before, it's important to understand that uh, that you, you you respect the name. You don't use it all the time. You don't just give it out willy-nilly, all right? Use it in ceremony. Uh, you don't call yourself by it all the time. This is something special uh, that, that really, uh, you know, says something about who you are as a person in at, at the time of life when you get this, uh, this name. So uh, Molly and I came up with a really great name for Percival. Uh, Mystic Syphilis. Mystic Syphilis. So Mystic Syphilis, uh, please honor your name and, and go about your way knowing that you have made a great contribution to Indian country today. Uh, oh. <laughs> All right. So uh, that was our amazing show. And uh, just I, 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 there was one more quote in uh, in that episode that I really, really loved and I wanted to share. And, and I can't remember if it was, I think, I think it was Willow saying it, uh, but she was talking a about, fave. yeah, yeah, she was. She was talking about the Chumash and saying that, uh, oh, yes, well, they were just fluffy indigenous kittens until we came along. Well, these two fluffy indigenous kittens, these two fluffy minusak, uh, we'd like to bid you a, a wonderful night. And thank you for joining us on our, on our uh, sci-fi journey as Métis in space! Space, 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 space. <laughs> Make in space, space, space.